Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy, co-hosted by me, Zivi Owens, and Tracy Cox, who is the author of 17 books and an international sex expert. We are the duo behind the TikTok viral sensation account called With Zivi and Tracy, and you should definitely listen to this podcast in which I ask Tracy three anonymously sourced questions each episode, which you can also enter at www.sextalkwithzivyandtracy.com and it's sextalk, S-E-X-T-O-K to reflect our TikTok viral success. I hope you enjoy. Enter your questions on our website. Listen up, send it to friends and please rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy. Hi, Tracy. How are you today? I'm good today. And especially because it's beautiful sunshine here. And normally it's so dreary. And I can always see the sunlight coming in your room. And here it's like miserable. But hurrah, at last, it's sunny. I'm so glad. We had like this beautiful rainbow yesterday in New York City that I like happened to catch out my son's window. So yeah, I feel like good things are coming, right? Let's hope so. I just had my flights to France cancelled. So that's not so good. But anyway, never mind. I know. Sorry. It's so annoying. This, This pandemic, Jesus. Get on with it. Yeah, totally. I know our TikTok is having some trouble. It keeps getting caught up in like some sort of regulation. So for those of you listening who are trying to hear our TikTok, our new TikToks aren't loading as fast on Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. So, or at with Zibby and Tracy, I should say on TikTok. So anyway, stick with us. We're always releasing new ones and hopefully soon it'll be back up at at its best and not being blocked inexplicably. So yes, so strange all that. So strange. Okay. Well, you have like three, another three great questions today, and I'm sure a sex tip that I don't even know what it is. So that'll be a little bonus at the end for me as well. Okay. Question number one. I've just started my first relationship with a woman. My others have all been with men. I wonder if you could, (laughs) I have to like stop talking so loud. (laughs) My son walks by the room. I wonder if you could give me some tips on giving another woman oral sex. I feel like I should know how to do it because I've got what she's got. (laughs) Right. Okay. Listen, it seems like it should be easy. If you've got the same bits, then, and you know what it feels like, then you should know how to do it. Right. But if you think about it, it's completely different. Now, if a man was asking this question, if a man was saying, right, I've seen my partner give me oral sex and I want to give oral sex to a man, he would probably be able to replicate the techniques because you can see it. When you're giving sex, you know, like you can look down, look at your penis and see everything that's happening, but you can't do that as a female everything's hidden. So just because you can feel that something feels good and you've got the same bits, you don't actually know what technique they're using. Okay. So she shouldn't feel stupid about not knowing that, but, but you are, but not knowing that, but you are one leap ahead. If you have a vulva, you have a clitoris and you know, the female sexual response system. So she absolutely is one step ahead. Also, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I'm a straight woman and, you know, or cis woman, and I don't need to know any tips about oral sex. Don't, fast forward because you can always come up with a few tips to pass on to your partner. And interestingly, this whole woman being straight the whole of her life and then suddenly ending up with another woman, 
is actually on the increase. And I have a friend in my close circle who's done exactly that. I've known her for years. She's always been straight, very happy with men, had a happy marriage. It ran its course. She got divorced, ended up falling in love with the work colleague who happened to be a female. And we were like, we're shocked. And she said, so am I. But I just fell in love with the person. It didn't matter what gender they are. And I think that women are very good at that. They're very sort of erotically fluid and more adaptable and flexible. And also there's less stigma. If it's, you know, a guy suddenly coming out, it's much less shocking than a woman coming out. So you never know. You might need these tips in the future. Never, never know. (laughs) Store them away. Store them away. But getting back to practicals. Okay, my first number one tip is ask her what she likes. I think we have this thing that if we say to our partners, look, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing here, or I'm not really sure what you like, that that's going to come across as inexperienced, or that we're, you know, just just not very good at what we do. It's the opposite. It's confident lovers who are able to walk in and go, right, now you tell me what you really like. Because just, you know, you could have given oral sex to 100 women before, but you still don't know what she likes. And we are all very, very different. And if you say that, then she'll give you guidance and you will know exactly, you know, what actually turns her on as opposed to me giving general tips, which I'm happy to do. But they're still not going to help you be her best lover, if you know what I mean. Isn't he, aren't they just supposed to like figure it out? You know, no, <laughs> I mean, no. like, isn't talking about it kind of weird? Like, to even articulate, like, <laughs> oh, Zippy, Jesus, how many books of mine have you ever read? Every single book. Do you know what the most, <laughs> the most, I feel like this mic's popping. I hope it's not. The most read chapters are how to explicit practical guides on how to give great oral sex, how to give great hand jobs. They're the two that are always the most read because, like, say, imagine you're an alien that comes down from another planet. You don't know what a clitoris is. You don't, how are you supposed to know what a clitoris is? How are you supposed to know what a vulva is? How are you supposed to know what the frenulum is? How are you supposed to know, you know, the, the scrotum? How are you supposed, you know, it's all, we we assume we get taught of this. You should get taught it in schools, but you don't get taught it in schools. And your parents don't sit down. I mean, you, you don't even do this with friends. You don't sit down with friends and go, right, so how do you, you know, for later man, tell me step by step. No one does this. This is why we need sex books, Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, sure. If you if you had no sexual education at all, people would figure it out to a point. But I don't think it would be very good sex. There's a reason why sex books sell so well, believe me. And there's a reason why people listen to things like this. It's not, you know, we need to move away from this perception that we're born knowing what to do or that, you know, look, if you have two people in a relationship and they're really good at saying, no, I don't like that. Actually, could you move here? Could you do that stronger, harder, you know? Yeah, then you've got a bit of a hope, but very few people are that confident. Seriously, maybe you've been really lucky. (laughs) We're not talking about me. (laughs) All right, I'm going to get back to the practicals. Okay, so these are good basics, right? Number one is enthusiasm. If you're worried about your technique with anything, just cover it up with enthusiasm. The more enthusiastic you are, the more like looking like you're really lusty, that you can't get enough of them, that you feel so lucky to be able to be near their bodies. That covers up a hell of a lot of sins, believe me, right? So that's number one. Number two with oral sex is something that we don't think about very much, which is position, okay? Don't, if you're going to give oral sex to a woman, don't do the usual one that you all see everybody fall into, which is you, her lying normally, and you between her legs, right? Which, it's, it's the worst position ever, 
okay? You can't really see what you're doing. Your access isn't very good. You can't use your hands as well. It's a really bad position. The best position, if you're not really good on technique, is to actually lie back and get her to straddle you because that way she can lift up, she can lift down, she can, you know, move herself around. And basically, you don't have to do much other than just sit there with your tongue out, basically, right? Another great position is the Kivin position, the Kivin method, which is basically sideways oral sex. So you lie on the bed. Well, she, she, yeah, she lies on the bed as normal with her head up, you know, near the head bed in and feet near the end. And you lie sideways. She lifts her leg up and you just sort of crawl in underneath. So you're sideways on to her vulva. Now that sounds weird, but in actual fact, it gives you, you can use your hands. You can see everything a bit better because you're sort of lifted up a little bit. And lots of women can feel a lot more things more intensely on one side of the clitoris to the other. So it works really well. A good point about your tongue is just consciously relax your face, your neck, your tongue before you give oral sex. This goes for any sex, by the way, because if you feel tense, it doesn't feel very good that end. And also don't tense your tongue and turn it into a little you know, tip and make it pointy. Keep it lovely and relaxed and wide. And what that does, it feels better your end. It's much less effort and it covers a wider area. So that's another thing. So generally, lick, don't flick. That whole thing in porn, they're always flicking. <laughs> another little truism you can take back to, the, to your life. Zippy, lick, don't <laughs> flick. And then you just basically swish it back and forth over the clitoris. You can try zigzagging. You can try fluttering. You could make circles. You can do the alphabet. And of course, you're checking with her the whole time because some women like it directly on the clitoris, some women don't. And the mantra here for female sex, or female oral sex, is slow, wet, and consistent. You've got to have lots of saliva or, or flavoured lube. You've got to keep it consistent and don't swap techniques too much because of the way the female response system works. It goes up and then if you stop doing that and change, often she'll fall right down to the end. Because you're a female, you'll know to settle in because it can sometimes take time. So don't rush her. Don't forget to come up for air and see to other parts of her body, you know, kiss her breast, kiss her neck and add fingers and loop at the same time, perhaps on the point just before she's just about to climax. And if all else fails, you can always reach over and grab that trusty vibrator that you put near the bed just in case. Enough detail for you? I can't believe I did this podcast with you. <laughs> I literally, I'm sitting here being like, I, how did I end up here? <laughs> It's like, you are so funny. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Next question. Okay. Sometimes I would do anything to have sex and other times I couldn't think of anything worse. My partner gets really annoyed with me and says he doesn't know where he is with it all. Why does this happen? And how can I make him understand it's not my fault it happens? Is it something to do with my menstrual cycle? Yes, in a word. We had another very similar question that said, is it normal to get aroused or to only want sex once a month just before ovulation? So I feel like this is a topic that women need to know about and lots of people don't. And it's something that your partner needs to know about because lots of partners don't. And basically, yes, it is true. Women feel like sex a lot at some times of the month and are actually quite repulsed by sex at other times of the month. Men are not like this. Men are pretty consistent with their desire all the way through. And it is all to do with our menstrual cycle and hormones. But those extremes are pretty dramatic. So, you know, he is like, Jesus, tell me, you know, sometimes I initiate sex and you love it. And other times you look at me like I'm the devil, you know, like, so they do need to know about this. Now, generally how it works is that it's usual to feel aroused 
just before ovulation, which happens about, oh, about 14 days in, so two weeks in. And day one, by the way, in your cycle is day one of your period. So that's around two weeks. If you want to be really specific and pedantic, it's on day 12.4. That's when you ovulate. So any time around that time is when you're liable to feel most like sex, which makes sense because it is, of course, the time that you're bound to get pregnant. So evolution wants you to feel like sex when you're just about to get pregnant. And there was a very definitive study in 2015 that definitely found that women initiate sex more during this time and their interest in sex is higher during this time. And there's loads of studies. That's pretty much a fact. Now, other times that we are interested in sex is in the days just before our period. Now, this is more interesting because there's no benefit to this at all. Evolution-wise, you know, it's not going to help you at all. But they think there are two theories. One is that we secrete more, so we've got more discharge around that time, which lubricates the area, which makes you feel sensitive, which also in our brain, you know, links and thinks, okay, there's lubrication, that must mean I'm preparing for sex. So it could be that, which kind of makes sense to me. The other one is that before our period, a lot of women retain a lot of water, And the theory is, is that the water presses down on the front wall of the vagina where the G-spot is. Now, G-spot is. Now, to me, you'd have to be retaining a hell of a lot of water for this to happen. I'm not so convinced. swimming. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I'm the same. I think the discharge one, I'm like, yeah, I can see that. But anyway, so they're the times that you most feel like sex during the month. But a really interesting study, which I thought was fun, is that on the weekend, is the other time, which makes sense, of course, on the weekend. They did a study of female college students and they found the likelihood of them having sex on the weekend was double or triple. They were 22% likely to have sex on the weekend compared to 9% during the week. Now, bear in mind these are students, so it's not like us. You know, they're not working during the week, but it makes sense, doesn't it? Because we're more relaxed, we're more inclined to have a drink, you know, we're probably more inclined to, you know, if you smoke weed, which I've already pointed out is a high linker to arousal, you know, we'd be doing things that relax us and arouse us more likely on the weekends. That I worked sense. really hard as a student, by the way. I don't know about you in school. <laughs> yeah, I, I was worked like really working my well. ass off. Anyway, so. Yeah, but <laughs> lots of students. Actually, you know what, they don't because my stepdaughter went to uni for a year and the, the hours would bugger all. They, they were only there like nine hours a week or something. I mean, I don't know if she told me that, but I don't know. I suppose it depends on what you're studying or what you're doing. But yes, I worked hard as well. But <laughs> these students that they... Today they, they don't. <laughs> today these they millennials, don't. they don't work. Yeah, like they do. I'm sure they... No, I think it would be harder. I think they don't get enough hours. So I think... Mm-hmm. I don't think they, they're loving it. I think they're complaining about it. She certainly was. Anyway, going back to sex. So when you don't want sex, the time of the month when you really... Most women really don't want sex is the week after your period, which is days 6 to 11... And the reason why this is, is because all those hormones that could be turned to arousing you, if that was in Mother Nature's, you know, aim, are actually all at work trying to rebuild the lining of the uterus so that it's all ready to make you pregnant when it next sees seen, okay? So that's when women don't want it. Now, this is a general guide, but... I know so many women who either have this like quite dramatic increase or decrease in desire or have bad PMT and stuff like that who actually keep sex sex, sex cycle diaries. So every day they write down, you know, how they feel about sex and how they generally feel. And after about two or three months, if you have extreme reactions during the month, you can see a pattern that emerges, which helps you plan your life. It helps your partner. So you could sort of fool them in on all this, or you could say to them, look, you know, how about you leave it up to me to initiate sex? That's the other way around that problem, of course, an easy way around it. 
What do you think? I think so. Yeah. That, you know, might as well. Yeah. <laughs> Leave exactly. it in someone's I, I corner. I've never had all this time. I've never had all these like different desire things. But then I have even had a period. I was like two tampons and that was it really. So I didn't <laughs> have all of this stuff. But anyway, it's a mystery. But I know everybody else does. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, question number three. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I have always enjoyed using, I can't, like, what if somebody just like takes this and pretends it's me? Like, what if I run for president one day and somebody just like takes this clip and is like, no, no, you said it. And anyway, whatever. Well, I mean, contact me and I'll just absolutely stick up for them and say they're all completely anonymous questions. Well, yeah, they're submitted to us and we never know who they're from. Yes. Even just reading them. Okay. I have always enjoyed using sex toys with partners, but my new boyfriend is really threatened by them. Most especially my favorite vibrator, which is a rabbit. How can I get him to relax and enjoy them like my other lovers have? <laughs> I see what you mean about that question. Sophie, <laughs> please, no one's going to think it's you. Right. Okay. Well, first of all, well done to whoever it was that wrote that in, because if you're using sex toys in bed, you're probably having double the orgasms that other women have. Debbie Herbenick, do you know who she is? She's a, nope. she's a fantastic sex educator. She often does a lot of research with Indiana University and she works for Kinsey as well. I don't know what it is about Indiana University, but they always do the best research. They must have this massive sexuality <laughs> department. I don't know what it is. I think they must have a really strong course in that. Anyway, she did a, some research that found that 40% of straight women use vibrators and sex toys with their partners during foreplay and during intercourse, which is quite high compared to what it used to be, believe me. So that's almost half. So I was quite pleased with that. And these women reported higher levels of desire higher levels of arousal and less pain during sex because the more aroused you are, the less likely you are to feel pain during sex. So there are so many reasons why you should be having, you know, introducing sex toys into bed with your partner. Why don't we? Because of exactly why this woman wrote in is that men are often feeling incredibly threatened by them. My first thing when I looked at your question was, please tell me you didn't say to him that your other partners were cool with it because seriously, I don't think there's ever a reason to tell your current lover what you got up to in bed with past lovers. It, it never does you any favours at all. And if he's, you know, if, if he's not so cool with it and you are, I'm guessing he's probably less experienced, maybe a little bit less worldly. He's already feeling really stupid. And to be told that all your other lovers, no, they were fine. He's probably thinking, oh, my God, I'm probably the worst he's ever slept with. So don't ever do that. I'm not saying that you did do that. But, you know, if anyone who's listening who is thinking, well, maybe she should have said that they were cool. No, never a good idea. I also have to say, being completely critical, that the rabbit would be not my choice to 
introduces the sex toy to somebody that I don't, you know, that I'm not sure what their reaction would be. And there are several reasons why. Number one, because rabbits are penetrative toys and they are often, they're usually built bigger than the average size guy. Now, most guys are paranoid about the size of their penis. They really are. I get so many angsty, upsetting emails from men. The other thing is about a sex toy, you know, that looks like a penis is that it's really hard. And that's the second thing that are worried about is their erection. So here's this thing that's hard. It never goes down. It never has problems getting hard that they feel like they have to compete with. And then to polish it all off is the efficiency of a vibrator. Most men are absolutely astonished the first time they see the female partner have an orgasm with a vibrator because it takes a couple of minutes and they're like, wow, it takes me forever. And look at you with this vibrator. So that's why I always say with people, if your partner's not used to seeing you with a vibrator, like you might want to pretend a little bit about how long it takes you to to orgasm so they don't get too shocked. So men feel inadequate and jealous of vibrators for, for good reason, really. So what I would do if I was this woman and yeah, I'd ditch the rabbit, put it in back of the drawer wherever he found it, and go online together and order some sex toys together. Now, I would suggest this for anyone who wants to suggest, you know, bringing in sex toys with your partner, don't go to the drawer and get out yours. Just say to them, look, I've heard exactly what I've just said. It increases satisfaction. Why don't we, it's a bit of fun. Let's go online and buy some couples toys. Now, there are so many great toys out there now for couples. Like I would suggest using like a love ring, which is just literally a stretchy thing that sits at the base of his penis. It's got a little vibrator on it. So you get clitoral stimulation during intercourse, or you could use a tease toy, like an egg that inserts, and then he's got the control and you can have great fun with that. Or you could use a tie-up kit, like a bondage kit, or something like that, little fun things that you do together, right? The next thing I would do is buy some toys for him. Now, there are millions of toys for men. You could buy a male masturbatory sleeve or a stroker. You could buy him a prostate massager. You could buy him some handcuffs, you know, and that, the whole idea of that is to teach him like, oh, that was great fun with the sex toy, but hey, it doesn't replace her. It doesn't make me not want to have sex with her anymore. So they get that sex toys are an add-on. You know, they're just fun. They're not something that replaces sex with a person. Then I'd probably move on to, or at the same time, really, clitoral vibes, which are, you know, those ones that are shaped like a pebble. They're they're not in any way phallic shaped, so no one's going to be threatened by those. And then maybe move up to a classic vibe, which is the standard, you know, old-fashioned vibrators that are quite slimline. They look a bit like a torpedo. And again, they don't look, they're not meant to look like a penis, but they're very slimline and they're great for holding on the clitoris during intercourse because they're not like a little bullet where they get knocked out the way. They're, they're you know, just the right size. They're not too intrusive. And then if you really must, after all that, then you can progress to a rabbit. But just another aside, whenever you bring out a vibrator, any guy is going to think that you're going to insert it because they still haven't got in their heads that clitoral, right? This is how we have our orgasms. Most people think that that vibrator is going to be, you know, inserted into your vagina. So if you want to bring out something like a wand vibrator, do you know what they are, Zippy? They're those massive ones that look like, they're quite big. I mean, they're about they look like back massages. Just picture it back. They are back massages. They just can be repurposed for use as a sex toy. And, you know, Men will look at those and their eyes will be like saucers because they're like, oh my God, what is she going to do with that? So just make sure that before you take anything out that you say, this is the vibrator I use on the outside just on my clitoris. Otherwise you could get a few shock looks. (laughs) So I would ditch the rabbit, 
Start afresh, choose toys together and make sure they are couple friendly. And if you must introduce them to your rabbit, if that is your absolute favourite, favourite toy, can you please make sure that it's slimline, that it's smaller than he is and that you at least work up to it. So that would be my advice for that one. Okay. She's very quiet during this podcast. (laughs) Okay. Sex tip of the week. Tracy, you've already given so many tips today. This is, I feel like, such a juicy episode. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It's a very practical episode, isn't it? Now, actually, Zippy, you pointed out that we haven't done that much on sex positions. So I thought I would give, we will do more on actual positions later, but I thought I'd give three easy ways to improve all intercourse positions that you might not have thought of. Number one is to add firm pillows. Underneath, and pillows are fantastic during sex because they either, you know, if your limbs are hurting or something's dangling in the air, they provide support for your limbs, they provide support for your neck, and they alter the angle of the vagina. Another easy way to make a position feel completely different is to alter the angle of your legs. And people don't think about legs. If you push them backwards or forwards or to the side, that can make the feeling completely different. And the third thing is to arch your back. Now, again, that alters the position of the vaginal canal and makes the penis hit or whatever you're using at different points. And you look really sexy doing it as well. So that's an added bonus. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Okay. All right, everybody. Go out and have sex and... (laughs) (laughs) She's lost the words. She's lost the words. Yeah. This is a practical episode. Practical episode. It's great. Share this with your partner. Yeah. Perfectly. There you go. Well done. Okay. Thanks, Tracy. Go through it. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy. If you want more from Tracy, she has a column on Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. So check that out too. Thanks again. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.